One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The match ball. Hello there, and welcome to the show that's brought to you by Levi Solicitors. There's 10% off your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Hello, I'm Dan Moylan. With me, Michael Normanson. Hello. And Moscow White, Daniel Chapman. Hello. The match ball 30 is a journey, a real time journey from promotion in 1990 through to lifting the league title in 1992. We're doing a match ball on the 30th anniversary of each game along that way and today takes us to West London and the home of Ken Bates boo Stamford Bridge although Stamford Bridge looking particularly picturesque because there are some beautiful features behind the goals like parked cars a very different era of Chelsea people don't people won't remember this so people won't believe this if they see if they're a new Chelsea fan those ones that we had to listen to the other week moaning on about Ben Chilwell they don't know what it was like just a car park with some grass in the middle isn't it that weird uh curved thing going on behind the stands close to where the scoreboard used to be I think in, in the 1980s before it was uh, renovated The I think the oldest part of the stadium looks like the goalposts I mean if they get some hotels and stuff around it in the, the coming years which I believe there are plans to do it's going to look great guaranteed money spinner that's what people want at football grounds isn't it is the nightclub open yet at this point under the bridge or is that still to come what a place that sounds like but before we get excited about uh, the future of nightclubs at football grounds they'll catch on uh, let's have a look at the teams Leads John Lukic in goal. Sterling, Whitlow, Fairclough and White with Batty, Strachan, McAllister and Speed in midfield. Shutton Chapman up front with Imre Verardi, Andy Williams on the bench. Chelsea have Dave Besson in goal with Jason Cundy. Ken Moncow, my old neighbour, um, playing in their uh, in their defence. Tony DiRigo, one to keep an eye on. Uh, a big lefty there. Also Graham Lasseau, also a lefty. Steve Clark, Alan Dickens, Dennis Wise, Andy Townsend, Gordon Jukebox Jury and... Kerry Dixon with Bobby Campbell in the tracksuit in the dugout in charge of affairs for Chelsea. I don't remember Bobby Campbell being their manager. Nor do I. As um, speaking of remembering things, as uh, Steve Clark remembered. That's one for the uh, the longtime followers on Twitter. Yes, Steve Clark. If you Google him, have a look on Google Images. He always looks like he's wondering if he's left the oven on at home. Um, that one caught on one day. Uh, a quiet day on the internet. I would suggest. Anyway, back to uh, to 1991 and Wilco's defiant. Why should we give up on third place? I mean, we are 12 points off third place, Wilco, so... We've got 10 games left, he says, and nothing has been decided. We've got to pick ourselves up from the Zenith Data Systems Cup defeat, and we lost to Crystal Palace after that, and we need to shake ourselves down, start again. It will be a shame if all the hard work people have put in this season was wasted now. And we have at least had a some sort of a rest some days went by when there wasn't 10 football games to play. We have had an awful lot of disappointment in quite a short period of time when you consider the exits to the Rumbelows Cup, the FA Cup, 
because that went on forever, didn't it? Of course. And then going out of the ZDS, which always felt like a bit like the the sort of booby prize. Everyone gets a certificate prize. We were so close to Wembley. But not just that, but finishing that that four games in six days spell that we had last week that finished with the Palace game, it almost feels towards anyway on the terraces, that sense of disappointment that like the season's got away from us now. I mean, we're fourth, newly promoted. It's not a bad season by any stretch, is it? That's the thing. It's it's just what you could have won when you look back at some of the, how close we've come into semi-finals. And I suppose there's that kind of uh, muscle memory with Leeds fans as well. If it's another season like the Reaver years when we just went for too much at once, got caught up in replays, got caught up in fixture congestion. Losing and, to shit like Chelsea. And ended up with nothing. And it's um, it's a, a peculiar echo of what happened back then. Never mind Bielsa burnout, Wilco weariness. That's what we're experiencing this season. But it was nice to have a few days off. Wilco seemed to enjoy himself. Maybe he had a glass of wine. We couldn't have gone like we were doing, he said. And it's been nice to get back to some sort of sanity this week. Although not everybody, because obviously they crammed some international games in. So Gary Speed went off for Wales, although he stayed on the bench. And McAllister and Strachan were away with Scotland, although uh, McAllister wasn't in the squad that was picked in the end, but Gordon Strachan, who obviously needs the exercise. Gordon Strachan played 80 minutes. Um, I think they drew with Bulgaria, or that might have been Wales. Can't remember who they played. I think that everyone was distracted by what they were wearing. This is great and dates this one absolutely perfectly because I can remember the change from short shorts to the longer short that we tend to see today. And very specifically, the kit that reminded me of it was Tottenham Hotspur. They were the ones who first went with that Umbro kit for the longer blue shorts. And this is Umbro as well for Scotland, isn't it? This is a kit I remember quite well, actually. But yeah, gone Strachan there. Very little fight on show. And this is several months before the FA Cup final when Spurs came out with those um, with those shocking shorts that were shocking because you could not see footballers dangling balls. <laughs> that seemed to be what surprised everybody. We're so used to seeing testicles on this pitch and now all we can see is polyester. You see, now I've got a horrible mental image of, do you know what was it? Paul Scholes when his knob fell out of his shorts. Mm. Peter Beardsley. It's never the pretty ones, is it? No, oh, Jesus. Please, somebody bleach my mind. Talk about something else. Well, have we got um, Gordon Strachan's uh, comments? about the new kit have we got a recording of that I'll just let me just press the button here it is whether they were short longs or long shots I don't really know but they were quite a sight and caused a lot of comment in the dressing room the only problem for me was getting these shots to move it took me three steps to get going every time they were so long that I had to turn ups on mine and they still buried me little fella in his big shorts bless him and they just look like very ordinary shots don't they on reflection yeah they do now don't they but uh, leading the way in fashion is uh, Gordon Strachan there. I mean, if those uh, those shorts, obviously now they just look absolutely normal to us. It's strange that a ginger mullet wasn't also similarly <laughs> normalised as just everyday fashion. I think he's blaming the shorts for his failure to move, but it could also be the fact that he's in his mid-30s and has played about 600 games in the past few weeks. So um, he's, he's doing well to deflect the blame I think Andy Roxburgh the manager of Scotland did uh, address this but but the other way apparently a lot of players from the old firm didn't turn up for this particular game and he was fuming that he's not getting the players that he should be because they're all claiming to be tired and I don't know if it was to make a point that he decided to work 
Gordon Strachan even more into the ground like a little ginger shire horse. But yeah, he's he's had a lot and he doesn't uh, make it through to the end of this Chelsea game, although he is influential. And so is Dave Besson, actually, their goalie. Rubbish. Rubbish, that keeper. He saved a penalty in an FA Cup final. Surely he can do no wrong ever again. Can't trade off that one forever, can you, Besson? He also dropped a bloody, was it a bottle of salad cream or a salad bowl on his foot and broke it? It was a jar of salad cream, yeah. He tried to trap it with his foot. Unusual for a goalkeeper and broke his foot. The idiot. You see, that's his legacy for me. Never mind FA Cup final and penalty. It's that. Good curly mullet on on Besson, though. Mm. Need some credit for that. He's having quite a hard time, Dave. Chelsea have lost their last two games against Sheffield United and Southampton. The Southampton one in particular, he was uh, fluffing crosses that Rod Wallace aimed at Alan Shearer. And so they lost both those due to mistakes by Dave Besant. And we started this match spotting that. David Batty peppering him with long shots. Gary Speed having a couple as well. Testing him. I reckon once Batty starts scoring, you know, I don't think he'll ever stop. He's just got to add that to his game. But when is he going to start? It's 1987, Boxing Day 1987, and it is now March, nearly April 1991. Just getting his eye in. Taking him a while. I've seen every single one of David Batty's goals in the the flesh, in person. I was about that for a record, eh? Well, there's only one, isn't there, at this stage? Exactly. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. 100% record. Completely, yeah. Carl Schott, though, he's the unstoppable one here. Uh, But Besant... Gives us a little bit of a hand with this. We see uh, Gordon Strachan. He chips it up from the right-hand side of the pitch near the centre circle over to the left-hand side of the area, sort of ed- on the edge of the box. And Chris White, of all people, deft touch, brings it down and has a shot. The centre-backs in this game are best best strikers. Well, apart from Carl Schott, who actually puts this one in. It's just, it's not exactly a classic goal. It's not, but they all count, don't they? But they say shoot across the keeper, and that's what Chris White does. He's shooting across to the opposite corner. Besson fumbles it, and it just forced the shot as a couple of yards out. And it is good for him, White. He brings the ball down and beats a player before he gets that shot in, which for a six foot two centre half is not always what you would expect. But as we keep reminding people, he played indoor six aside soccer in the USA. So his skills are not in question. And Dave Besson is useless. That also <laughs> helps because he, if he'd held on to this, it's, um, it's quite interesting at the back post watching Short and Chapman both sliding in for the same. Loose ball, and I think there's one Chelsea defender between them who just does not stand a chance. But, you know, we hammered them earlier in the season, didn't we? And we are all over them again. Another chance straight after this one almost makes it too. Yeah, and then we we should have had a, a goal. And it's an absolute outrage that we haven't been given this one. Speed goes down the left, shoots and hits the crossbar. Strachan very calmly on the rebound, passes it to McAllister, who's around the penalty spot, shoots into the goal, over the line, to where it hits Graham Lasso is lying on the ground two feet behind the line at least, blocks it, and then Andy Townsend clears. We need some sort of technological intervention, don't we, to no. see when these things are in? Because the guys in the press box reported it was plainly visible to them that the ball was over the line and that Graham Lasso was basically lying in the back of the net when it hit him. So you don't need any kind of what the stuff they have at Wimbledon, line judges. To uh, to do this kind of thing when it's you need a referee with his glasses on should have been two is two not long after that then forty one minutes so we're heading round to half time two nil Shotty again involved in this one it looks like a chip forward from attacking Maverick um, David Batty sort of on the edge of the uh, the centre circle up towards Shot's head he beats the uh, the left back at Chelsea who clearly is destined for nothing in this game 
young man by the name of Dorigo is beaten to the ball by Shutty, who uh, who nods it into the area. And Chris Fairclough, what's he doing there? It's not Dorigo's game, though, is it? When those headers stood up into the box, probably done well to get a man on him. Do you trust an Australian playing soccer, though? It's not really their game, is it? I know Craig Johnston's done all right for Liverpool, but you can't really uh, see much of a future for him. Can't compete with Cal Shutt, can he? And it is a good finish from Fairclough. Chris Wilder didn't invent the uh, marauding centre-back, did he? he? Here he is, in the box, tons of space, and a very good finish. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Although one thing we don't need with the squad tired and a little bit threadbare right now is is injuries and whatnot. And Chris Fairclough, who scored that second goal, does his ankle on what is an absolutely shite pitch. But he plays on, though. He's a warrior. And he's um, he's helped Mike Whitlow ups his game, covering his... Can, is uh, that possible for Mike Whitlow to up his game? High standards can always get higher. From uh, covering his injured centre-half from left-back. And um, yeah... I mean, it helps that Chelsea are pretty terrible. Lukic doesn't have a lot to do in the second half. It's kind of standing watching them. We can even, despite Fairclough's injury, take off Gordon Strachan, which is uh, which is something. Yeah, he goes off after 67 minutes and uh, there is there is method to this, not madness. Yeah, Wilco says he wants to save him for the Sunderland game that's coming up on Tuesday. He says the kind of programme he's been through would test a 20-year-old and given Gordon Strachan is almost twice that, it's probably... Uh, fair to give him 23 minutes off. And with Strachan off the pitch who takes the armband well David Batty which is a Whitlow nice, probably it would have been the obvious choice you think could have been there but yeah I suppose give He a, doesn't need an armband though to lead does he? That's the thing with Whitlow is well, leading by example Exactly takes that responsibility with him And Batty ends up fairly knackered as well I think that midfield with Dennis Wise and Andy Townsend and all the unpleasant characters that come with Chelsea are trying to uh Trying to batter him, and he ends 
He's the sort of the symbol of the game, 90th minutes, socks down round his ankles. What gets highlighted is that he never retaliates. Nothing that anybody has done to him in this game has even penetrated that batty world. Just gets on with the game. I mean, not strictly true when it comes to batty. Nobody caught him retaliating, I think is probably uh, a fairer assumption. No, this is true. And I suppose it does bring us to Chelsea's consolation goal scored by somebody called Graham Lassau. Who, um, <laughs> I don't know if uh, if him and Batty crossed swords during this game particularly. It's an annoying... Well, it's not a good goal, is it? It's no. a terrible goal. No, it's... Um, well, he picks it up just, just inside our half, kind of an inside left on the left channel almost position. And he just happens to be between two players. It breaks to him from midfield when McAllister loses it and he's a, it's threaded through to him. And then he just runs through dead quick and scores. There is a nice moment in this though. And I can't tell quite who it is. It's uh, whoever's a, a right back or somebody out of position because it looks a bit like Lee Chapman in terms of gainliness. He just has a little swipe at his heels as it's obvious that he's getting away. I mean, like total out and out professional foul. Why not? Eh? It's fine. He is just showing off, and he's oh look at me, I'm fast, I can run. Reads the Guardian as well, you know that guy. Yogurt Nitter, then not to be trusted, not to be trusted, and uh, an annoyingly decent finish as well. Just wax it past Lukic, but it doesn't matter. It's the last, it's stoppage time actually, and we've long since won the match. And he goes and celebrates behind the goal with some parked cars, or he salutes them anyway. That's what it looks like. He does he's- celebrate quite a lot, given it's an absolutely meaningless goal at the end of a sad, sad defeat. I don't know what if maybe he's on some kind of goal bonus from the Bates regime but he seems remarkably pleased about what is essentially nothing and we've done the double over Chelsea Ken Bates is Chelsea that always feels nice Chelsea by the way 17 and a half thousand people at this given they're such a massive club these days uh, it's, no, it's, it's absolutely no surprise then that Bates built some flats and not uh, a bigger ground <laughs> it was probably the right decision at the time truth be told but um, not so much now epoxy club then is that what we're saying epoxy shit club propped up by oil money but a good result for us and probably the tonic that we needed after losing to Crystal Palace. Yeah, that's basically exactly what Wilkinson says. Just the result we needed. First half performance was very good in all departments. Second half became a bit ragged, but mainly because of injuries. I can't speak highly enough of people like Chris Fairclough. Nine players out of ten would have come off with that injury that he had. Instead, he'll just be out for the next six months. <laughs> or he'll be injured enough to take six months off, but play every game. Anyway, because it's 1991. And his legs will drop off when he's 50 instead. Knee replacement, etc. Hey, there's been some good news from uh, from Sunderland, though, which uh, is not a phrase you often utter. They beat Crystal Palace and they got a 90th minute winner, which gives us a little sniff of third place again and possibly Europe. It's on. Get your passports sorted. It's on. So Arsenal are top, played 30, 65 points. They've gone back top then. Uh, Liverpool played 30, 63 points. Palace, 31 games played with 58 on the board, and we've played 29 uh, with 49 points. So nine points behind, but with two games in hand, and still just a little bit of hope going into the uh, the final throws of the season with uh, Man United behind us. Two games more, played 31, 48 points, so a point off us. Although we have weakened ourselves over the transfer deadline, rather than getting anybody in for the run-in, we've let a couple of players out. Yeah, we mentioned John Pearson, actually. Um, his final appearance for Leeds was against Palace last week when he came off the bench and lost us the game when he went into midfield to replace Gary, I, don't, I don't know if he went into midfield to re- replace Gary McAllister, but that was the sub that was made um, on the day. But he's gone off to Rotherham, and as I said last week, he does well at Rotherham, so uh, he's helping them fight relegation in the third division. So, you know, maybe the level that he should be at. Probably says something of squad depth at the time, though, that he's gone from being 
on the bench for the team in fourth place in the Premier League to the third division. In Premier League? What? The Premier, the, the top D, the top league, the what's, first division. What's this Premier League? That's never going to catch on. Yeah, you, you can't imagine, you know, David Luiz going from Arsenal to, to go and sit on the bench at Peterborough, though, can you, or something? It's, uh, it's very different times. And this one, slightly vexing. Merv the Swerve has gone on loan to Coventry to cover Steve Grizovich, but isn't Mervyn Day our cover? Mm. I mean, at least he's still in the first division. He's not had to drop down, but um, Coventry are fighting to stay up. And uh, yeah, I don't know what's up with Steve Grizovich, but they fancy Mervyn Day as a backup. And I mean, I don't know what happens if John Lukic gets injured. We do have another goalkeeper, which is Neil Edwards. But the problem is he's about 20 and he's also five foot eight, nine, maybe, if I'm being generous. He's he's quite... he's so, no Same he's, age as Melier, but half the height. Essentially, yeah. But it does... Um, it was one of the themes of our promotion year that, you know, when Mervyn Day got injured, we had to loan in Chris Turner from Sheffield Wednesday because uh, Neil Edwards, bless him, is just, he's a very young, untried kid and he's short. So I don't know. Are we hoping for him to grow? Why we're back in that position. I mean, there's always hope. And if he's going to be a, a goalkeeper, he could probably do with a, another inch or two because the, the goalposts aren't getting any lower. But um, yeah, it's a straight, I mean, you know, we have to assume John Lukic is going to get through to the end of the season undimmed. And, you know, even if he has a, a Chris Fairclough happens to his ankles, he'll probably play on anyway. But Yeah, I mean, um, the, the point is you've only got your two subs at this point and neither of them's a keeper. So yeah. if you do get a keeper who gets an injury, you recall Mervyn Day, I guess. Yeah, so there'll probably be times. It's only Coventry. It's not that far. He can just come back up the motorway, can't he? And with us having crossed the Rubicon of the transfer deadline, nobody came in despite all those striker rumours. Mm. And Scottish left-back rumours. Yeah, I guess we'll save it up for the summer. Wilkinson was saying he's not going to get rushed into anything at this point and all the decisions now have got to be kind of strategic and longer term. Because although we are going for third place because it might hold a, a path into Europe, it's not um, it's not necessarily vital. It's not like going for promotion. So wait and see what happens. Well, Easter weekend, as it was in 1991. Easter Sunday tomorrow. What were you getting? Egg. Egg. Me too. <laughs> Bloody hell. And then we return on the Tuesday following the long Easter weekend when we play Sunderland at home at Ellen Road. And as seems to be tradition with these games, there's always a beanback for the away team. A beanback, Roker Park, a big cinema by the seaside. Sounds lovely, doesn't it? Sunderland fans won't want to miss this big game. We'll speak to you then as we get back to Ellen Road on April the 2nd then. See you in a bit. The Match Ball. 